feet sounding, ricocheting in their cage. Thought I'd lose my balance when the ground's bouncing sway. And all this violence, all this goes away. And the vibes that rise like fireflies illuminate our play. Some light beam pulled you up from nice party. Said, clap your hands if you think your soul is free. And the silence was astounding. Said, oh Lord, mercy me. And oh, you can't stop what's coming up. Never gonna stop wanting to live it up. Oh, it's gonna drop, gonna fill your cup. Oh, it's gonna drop. The age of miracles. The age of sound. Well, there's a golden age coming round. What we viewed as gold, I believe, pollutes this space And it's grace ascending Like a snake up your tree Up your happy ending Understanding all you're supposed to be Let it move right in Let it kiss your face Let it sow your skin In perpetual embrace Like I said, love's light is laughter Like the sun spitting happiness into the hereafter Oh, here it comes like a natural disaster Oh, blowing up like a ghetto blaster Oh, here it comes, bring it faster Oh, here it comes, the age of miracles The age of sound Well, there's a golden age Coming round Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great, bud. Hey, I uh, I freaking love that song. It's a good song. I'm, I must have listened to it three or four times in the past week. You um, got to give me the good version because I know it's on your list and I know there's like a good 22 minute version that I'll tee up for the Christmas show. Or if, gold, or if gold gets to 2200 bucks. Yeah, well, I hope it gets there. I'm rooting for all you guys. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, Are you, though? Are you really rooting for the gold, guys? <laughs> oddly enough, I've I've kind of taken that off my my list of things. Good, okay. Um, yeah, it just yep. doesn't have a yield. I don't subscribe to the <laughs> tinfoil hat new currency regime. Okay. Um, you know, I love uh, I love the fact that all these people have been talking about how you're supposed to own it for three years, <laughs> like as bullish as ever. It's like, as life coach Leslie Harris said, it's just something that it's a, at the high for the move. Um, you know, if you want to dig below the thir- surface, the same people who like it um, uh, are the ones that think there's not enough uh uh, gold in the vaults to cover the ETFs and oh, I know, I know. and JP Morgan conspires with the government to depress the price and yeah it's all obviously yeah. right in front of you so I, you know, <laughs> what can we add right exactly exactly I want um, to say good morning to Dr. Schlock thank you for front oh running. yeah <laughs> nice to know that he's reading uh 
He's reading the comments sections. I, I guess because right, I think I think you teased the NetJets. I think you said you wanted to spend a show talking about NetJets, and then lo and behold, Sunday morning, Apollo sends out the email that says, "Just in case you guys were waiting for the Inside Baseball episode about private aircraft, I'll I'll tee it up for you, and I'll show you that demand is still strong." So thank you, Doctor Slock. Good morning. And and also, you had um, just recently sent me a. Uh, a note from the uranium Grinch asking Correct. a question. Of, so I guess today's theme is going to be private air transport. Let's do it right now. Let's talk about the net jets thing. Cause you said you wanted to talk about the net jets. Let me read the question. We'll get to the market in a few minutes, folks, but for the people that, that follow us on Twitter, I want to say good morning to all the Twitter folks, especially red on the day who sends one great meme after another. That guy is great. By the he's way, awesome. that, that guy, not only, he's hit for the cycle because <laughs> These things are so fantastic. I put them on the family text, <laughs> yeah. and it just makes my wife crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> She's sure. like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. People right. like <laughs> I know. Every time he sends one, I say, show your daughters, because your daughters are in the correct demographic that, that are familiar with the meme template. And to see dad's show on the on the current meme, it's just got to like it's got to tickle them pink. You know, I just I just get such a kick out of it. So anyway, he yeah. sends in this morning. So we had talked about NetJets. And as and as the audience knows, Morris has some experience in the private aircraft business. But he, so the question is, NetJets came up at work this week. We are looking at chartering a turboprop to send a team on a two-hour flight that would cost 14 k to drive them there and back. Why the hell does it cost 25 k to charter a Pilatus PC-12 two hours each way? Okay, well, so we can go about this a couple ways. I, I can answer that question, and or I guess we could do both. I could... Uh, the one thing that was in the comments was why is my why do I have this hate for NetJet? I mm -hmm. uh, let's answer the uranium Grinch's mm -hmm. question first. Okay, so first of all, Pilatus rookie mistake. Okay, as as you know, I would never get on a plane that's a turboprop engine. It's just you're just asking for trouble. Jet you, engine. You had a turboprop. You had a turboprop, right? Oh, absolutely not. A, no. Okay. No, no never, please. Never. Sorry. Please. I, I apologize. I apologize. I call my kid ugly. I apologize. I thought one of your jets was a prop. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm a, a no. The, uh, I know the P and W. I know, I know. I'm very particular. You know, the most reliable engine, the TFE 731 was what we had on the Lears. And that engine has millions of hours on it over the life it's been around, okay? The failure rate on that thing is, is not a meaningful figure. Understood. Okay. And it's a, it's, a great, it's a great engine. But if you want a little oomph for your high-performance takeoff, the Pratt & Whitney, Pratt and Whitney uh, 305A is my engine of choice. And that thing, we actually, on a takeoff, um, I think uh, a couple of my colleagues um, from work were with me on that plane, and we coaxed the um, the pilot into ripping one on takeoff. 
as he leveled off, we went weightless for a couple of seconds. I understand the feel. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, didn't Cheryl say, uh-uh? Doesn't Cheryl frown on that? She has banned uh, ter- <laughs> uh, high-performance takeoffs. And, um, but I'll tell you, if you ever want to know what being an Apollo 13 is like, that's that's what it's like. Yeah, 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 you fly um, that thing up. Yeah, well, you had a little Lear. You had what? How many? How many passengers on the Lear? You had a six-passenger Lear, eight, an eight-passenger eight Lear. Yeah. So that thing hustled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know, everyone's got an opinion. We got into the Lear uh, regime because the first time I chartered a uh, private aircraft was 1995. And I was coaxed into it by my business partner. You notice I, const- I constantly said business partner. Yes, I did. Yes. I, mi- I completely misunderstood the term partner. But <laughs> we had to fly to Milwaukee to see my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And it was like fly from Kennedy or, or LaGuardia to O'Hare and then drive. For, and, and, and he said to me, why are you doing that? And I said, well, what else would I do? Because he just charter a plane. I'm like, well, how, how much? And I don't know what the number was back then, but let's just say it was like 10,000 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what are you, crazy? It's 10,000 bucks. He goes, I'll make a deal. You do it. And if you don't think it's worth every penny, I will pay. That's where you got that move from? And the rest... <laughs> And the rest is history. Dude, that's such an effective, that is such an effective line, okay? Could you use that on me? And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going. <laughs> yeah. You've been on the plane, right? I've been on the plane, yeah. Uh, it's sweet, right? It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the best, okay? Show up at Westchester, here are my bags. Hello, Mr. Sachs's guest, yeah. right this way. Yeah. Out on yeah. the tarmac. There's Would you like some off. coffee? Yeah. How do you take it? Yeah. yeah. Morris's wheels go on the plane, the dog, the bike, the whole thing. It's just, yeah, yeah, of course, it's a no-brainer. Kidding me? Um, (laughs) So explain to me the disdain for NetJets, okay? uh, Well, look, it's pretty simple. Uh, For a long time, and I and I got this from the same business partner, uh, who I owe really a huge amount of my career success too. He was always very much about make sure you pay the right price. Okay. If you can't afford it, that's another story, but whatever it is, just make sure you, you, you pay the right price. So, you know, uh, I'm doing these one-off charters and they're, they're pretty convenient. You call up the guy and you tell them what you want to do, and they give you a price, and you go, and you write them a check, and and you're done. And uh, we have been doing this for a few years, and um, you know, Cheryl and I like doing projects together. And at that point, the um, used aircraft market had fallen a great deal. So at that point, and and now still, this is a lot of money, but on a relative basis, it, it wasn't bad. So the first airplane uh, Cheryl bought, uh, I think we might have paid like a million bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a Lear 31. It mm-hmm. was analog. 
which we had to make a digital analog conversion. But, you know, you're talking about a, a million bucks for a freaking jet engine, jet jet aircraft, right? Mm -hmm. And you come to understand that the real jing isn't the cost of the airplane. It's the marginal cost, meaning, you know, the fuel, the engine insurance, the pilots, the pilot training, all these things. The so, hangar. I like the hang. I like when you talk about the hangar. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, so we kept our airplane in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, for a couple of reasons. One is uh, it was a quarter of the price uh, a hangar would have been at Westchester County. That's number one. Number two, we put in our own fuel farm. So we were getting fuel at cost plus the airport's pump rate. So like the airport would charge you, you know, 25 cents a gallon just as a tax, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, that operator in Lidditz had a couple of planes. So we were able to get the economy of, of uh, group insurance. Yep. You have to have to have to get robust insurance for airplanes because they'll come after you if something goes wrong for real not like oh jingle mail where you just send the keys back no they'll they'll hunt you down if they can't find you they'll get your kids and if they Got can't it. get your kids they'll get your grandkids kind of thing and then um in pennsylvania Lidditz, pennsylvania um there are a number of men and women who like to fly and there's not necessarily enough work to keep full-time pilots, okay? So you have one or two full-time pilots, but then you get a lot of these other people who are looking for a two-day job or a three-day job. And so uh, because the, I don't know what the per capita income in Lidditz, Pennsylvania is, but it it's not like, right. So, uh you you were able to get and train pilots at a very reasonable cost so we ran this thing at a very um effective level and then <clears throat> cheryl did it as her full-time job she literally worked 40 hours a week on this business because there's a lot of a lot of nuts and bolts and and so we got to depreciate the plane so anything that uh, any loss we would have, I could take that against my W-2 income. And that's just the tax laws. There's nothing special. And by the way, we, we sold the plane last year and we have to deal with the recapture, which is the, the dark side of all these things. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. anyway... Just to prove I got pretty far down the rabbit hole on this thing. And so to answer, if I can come back to the uranium Grinch, um, why does it cost $25,000? Well, so I don't have all the information here. Now, what people generally don't understand, we would get, I'm saying for every 100 charters we would get, we might get... 10,000 quotes. An astonishing it's, number, yeah. yeah. Is what, what people think is, oh, I want to fly to Chicago. Okay. And so they'll say, 
quote me a flight from White Plains to Chicago, and, and the quote will be uh, $10,000. And I'll be, well, wow, why is it so much? You go, well, it's four hours or whatever, but Chicago's only a two-hour flight. Well, yeah, but I, I'm not coming back. I just want you to fly me to Chicago. Like, well, that's fine, but you got to return the plane to us. You know, so, there's, there's, there's a website now where you, you can book the return jet. So if Blackfriar goes to Milwaukee and is coming home empty, they'll be like, hey, if you happen to be flying from Milwaukee back to, to PA, yeah. here's your flight. You know, it's that, not, it's not, to, not to not to belittle what you've just said, yeah. but they've been doing that forever. Incredible. It's yep. just now the, the technology and um, and I've checked those websites from time to time and I'm zero for a 500 right you know right when are you going home milwaukee to atlanta i like but to try and give uh um our uh, uranium grinch a more complete answer so what typically people don't understand is if you're flying a plane from a to b okay and you turn around and fly right back okay that's a pretty easy calculation because you have your number of hours times your rate plus your federal excise tax, which is seven and a half percent, and then any other landing fees, sort of, sort of, you know, ex, 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 exogenous expenses like de-icing, which at ten dollars a gallon, <laughs> I can't imagine how many gallons of de-icing fluid they use when they de-ice a plane, but it's ten bucks a gallon. Yeah, so yeah. it, I'm, you know, it only adds up if you add it up. But anyway, uh, as we as we continue, if for instance, uh, Uranium Grinch sends his guys up there, and then they come back three days later, well, you you either got to pay to turn and send that plane back right away, so it's not two hours one mm -hmm. it's four hours right and that's mm -hmm. great or if you keep them for multiple days you have daily minimums and you have my favorite thing the rons the remain overnights and uh that is a combination of the pilots get paid mm -hmm. you know they're not sitting up there uh in regina twiddling their thumbs <laughs> for free as yeah. much as we like the Indian gals and the casinos. Uh, <laughs> I know. So, uh, so the pilots get paid. There's daily minimums. So, I mean, I can't speak to that exact quote, but 25 grand to charter Pilatus, uh, you know, I don't know that that number is wrong. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, of course, the best thing is th that's the number. You don't like yeah. it. You don't have to take it. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, the other part that people miss, and this will kind of cobble a little bit into the NetJet thing is, I don't know what a Pilatus costs, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it's a $3 million plane. Okay, well, $3 million at 5%, how much is that? What's that work out to be? 450 grand a year in carry, yeah. something yeah. like that? Yep, 450, yeah. So, so you know, ten thousand bucks, fifteen thousand bucks a month in interest. Yeah. Then, you know, the 
uh, engines, you have to pay. I forget, you know, Cheryl does all this stuff, but I don't remember anymore. But there's this engine insurance, which is a pretty good deal if you're a small operator. So if you have, you know, one to four jets, you definitely want this thing because these, these jets are expensive and you have to maintain them and they affect the resale price. So if you don't carry this engine insurance, it might be called uh, power by the hour or MSP or these different things, and something goes wrong with your plane, they fix it. There's no, there's no, um, not minimum, but mm -hmm. there's no call payment. And yeah. including MSP Gold, if your engine goes out and you're in bumblefuck, they send another engine. I mean, this is the real deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's expensive. And it could be, like I said, I don't know now, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's three, four hundred bucks an hour per engine. Yeah. Right. I'm so sure. now Pilatus has got one engine. So I, you know, but in any event, mm -mm. that's why these things are so much money, which oddly enough are why so few of them crash because they are maintained at a very, very safe yeah. level. Yeah, I, I know in the Learjets, they're unique, I think, in this, but we had what's called a 12-year inspection. Okay. This is a horror show. Okay. They take everything out of the airplane. No. They take the engines, engines off the airplane. Yeah. Okay. Air down. The full they test every piece, and they do this thing. I have nightmares still from this thing called NDT non-destructive testing okay they x-ray the entire fuselage fine and if they see a crack nice. of more than an an eighth of an inch then they it's a whole nother brouhaha right okay so why does it cost that much because you're probably not going to die when you get on the airplane and yep. you know what if you don't want to spend the twenty five grand, then then drive the guys. But that but that's the number. Yeah, uh, I, I, is it high? Maybe it's a pinch high, but it it ain't off by it ain't twelve grand. No, I mean, it's not a, no, it's not a hundred grand. It's not seventy five to go like up across the 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 upper peninsula or whatever it is. You know. Um, well, so anyway, that's a, a poor answer to uranium Grinch, but. Uh, not being a platinum subscriber, he doesn't get the the one on one consulting. Um, I would like to um, share my view on net slash flex jets and yeah. what what yeah. about them bother me so much. Um, again, I I get it. You know, there are the masters of the universe who want to have people fawn over them and kiss their ass. Many of these people will have the American Express black card, okay, where you can charge goods and services at the ten thousand locations around the world. Awesome. Yeah, I know. My, my platinum card does that too, but yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is not an American Express commercial. So the sales burger with the net jets, other than it's the equivalent of the Prada handbag for men. 
is, well, I can have a jet, you know, at any location in four hours. So can I. You, you pick up the phone and you call your broker and you'll have your jet. And, and now Super Bowl Sunday, if it's like Ty going into the over, no, maybe not. That that might slow you up. But if you have any plans, um, in, including uh, the night before Thanksgiving, several years ago, uh, eldest daughter's uh, flight from Chicago to Connecticut was canceled. And, you know, because the third child is raised by wolves, we would never do this again. But, you know, it was a it was a weak moment. Yeah, yeah. And so Thanksgiving Eve, which some may say is the busiest travel day. By far. Okay. I pick up the phone. <laughs> 45 minutes later, the guy's on the plane in the air, yada, yada, yada. So there's nonsense about getting a plane. And and just think about it for a minute because and, and why it's not that special. Okay. Think of all the private jets that are sitting not being flown. Well, that's that's a one, two, five, ten, twenty, thirty million dollar piece of equipment Sit. that's just sitting doing nothing. So people are incentivized to get them in the air and earn the difference between you know the marginal cost, marginal revenue, right? Because the owner eats the interest costs. The operator is interested in generating yeah. revenue. Right? Yeah. Okay. So the the prime reason to own the net jet is because they make it simple. And and by the way, the product, it's a fantastic product. The the planes are spotless. Um the FBOs. people are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the F FBOs are generic. It, it's not related to the company. You know? uh, like the NetJet facility, because they've got a, they've got their own hangar, whatever. They do they rob, no, operate? No, like no, 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 no. Okay. No. So, for instance, uh, we have a mutual friend that's uh, their uh, significant other at one point. I don't know. Still worked at Millionaire. Yeah. That's a separate entity. So, okay. So NetJets may use their location to meet their client okay but th th these things are uh bifurcated in terms of the fbo which fixed space operator that's where the client would leave the car meet the pilots get on the plane okay um, okay so the the business model of the fractional ownership is a plane, I think, and, and I'm just doing this from memory, but I think they assume an aircraft flies either 600 or 800 hours a year. So let's say 800 because it makes the math easy. So what they'll do is you can buy an eighth of a share, you can buy a quarter of a share. So if you buy buy an eighth of a share, you get 100 hours. Mm -hmm. out of One eighth out of 800. Okay. Okay. And, and so... What they do is from takeoff to landing, you get to use 100 hours per year. On top of that, you pay an hourly rate. You pay a fuel surcharge now 
and uh, a monthly management fee. Okay, so this is getting to be fully loaded. That's fine too, but what bugs me about the thing is you go in with a group of people, let's say you, me, Ed, and Matt decide we're going to buy a plane. You know, we go buy a, you know, uh, one plane, four, four share or something like that. So NetFlexJet, they go and they buy 30 planes from Bombardier or Citation or whoever, Gulfstream. They buy them at wholesale and we pay, we pay retail. Okay. Got it. You know, that whole Jews and retail, Nishkit. <laughs> Not into it. <laughs> okay. So now you own an aircraft that you already have a loss in. Yeah. Right. Because you're driving the new car off the lot. That's yeah. number one. Boom. Number two. And, and they made a bunch of money on you, right? Because you paid the offer and they bought it on the bid. That's number one. Number two, and here's the best part. After some number of years, I want to say it's five, but I'm not sure. You have to sell your share. No choice. And they sell it for you at the market, okay, and for their hard work, they charge you, I believe it's a 15% remarketing fee. Okay. Good for them. Yeah. Bad for you. <laughs> right. So you pay above the offer side to get in. Yeah. You sell below the bid side. And, and that's why guys like myself, you know, you know, mere simple, humble folk. Yeah, yeah. Who can't afford to buy the aircrafts new. We pick up these used aircraft at amazingly low prices because every year there's a bunch of these net jet ownership deals that are coming to market. So there's a constant stream of the, let's say, mid-size jet. That yep. would be Lear 60 equivalent and below. Now, the bigger aircraft, the Challengers, the one that uh, I'm actually uh, seen sleeping on on the picture on the website, they're bigger aircraft. They have a longer service life. They hold their value better. There's more demand for those. Anyway, um, so that's two reasons why I, I don't like the net jet thing. One is... The first, to, to recap, if I remember correctly, one is um, you are paying above market to get in. Two, they're giving you a value, meaning four-hour access, which you can get anyway. Three, upon liquidation, they're getting out the lube. And, okay. Um, and then there's other things along the way. So, um the time that's critical. Are we going to talk about aircraft the whole show? Go ahead. Yeah, I love it. I don't know. There's a huge section in our audience that has no interest in this. But oh, no, that's fine. They can. We'll get to the market stuff in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to Hamas later. Um, <laughs> they'll still be there. 
But uh, th- this might be the, the last straw. So the only time that really matters on an airplane is when it's in the air. And those hours, by the way, I'm doing this all from memory. So if I get this wrong, just, you know, the old man was wrong, okay? Um, Those hours are called Hobbes hours. And there's a meter on the plane. Uh, Yeah, of course. Just like an odometer on a car. But um, when you get on the plane, okay, and they uh, fire up, you could be sitting there, but that other than the fuel burn, which sitting there is de minimis, there's no wear and tear on the aircraft effectively. And what net flex jet does, I believe is they charge you a flat rate of something like 12 minutes per takeoff and 12 minutes for taxing. So that's 24 minutes per flight, flight. right? Yep. Where it's not it's not full cost to them, yeah, they're but they're, yeah. right? So I'm doing a really poor job explaining this, but they're charging you for something that doesn't cost them anything. And so when you add it all up, I, I just, I just. It's one of those things. I just think it's just it's it just hurts you. So, anyway, that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it, and uh, um, that's why anytime someone brags to me how they got a net jet thing, I'm like, okay, cool, Ready? run along. <laughs> um, share the New York Mets too, a 64th. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Um, this was a really difficult week for me. Um, it was very uh, emotionally uh, hard. I, you know, I I try and not burden the audience with my emotional ups and downs, but uh, you know the the situation uh, obviously uh, in the Middle East is deteriorating, and and I I see that getting worse. I have a very clear outcome in my mind. Um, as you know, I've been picking up the riding, which is at my age getting to be um, fatiguing. Can I and can I put can I say something about that? Please. You need to stop. Stop what? Riding your bike. Why? Charlie Munger lived to ninety nine. Yeah. Never rode his bike. Henry Kissinger lived to hundred. Never rode a bike. I, I told you. That. I told you two weeks ago. My old man is seventy eight. Never never broke a sweat in his life. I think the secret to living to 100 is not riding the bike. I have quit cycling. Have you? I will never, I will never pedal again in anger. In never. anger? Nope. Nope. I will, I will ride a bike path with my kid with my heart rate at 55. I will never push that pedal again hard. Never. I'm mm-hmm. going to live. Munger lived to 99. Same thing with Kissinger. Those dudes are not athletes. Those guys are not putting on spandex and going frolicking around on their bicycles at 65 years of age. Well, it's enough. Today's an off day, so I'll good. String I'll, a few uh, together. Thank you. Thank String you. a few together. 
And I don't want to hear anything from Jason. Jason, you've done a fantastic job. Mission accomplished, okay? You've got pro athletes to deal with. Stop taking this old man's money, okay? Or if you're going to do that, tell him to ride LSD and don't get his heart rate above 60, okay? But it's enough. Okay. Kissinger and Munger. Kissinger and Munger, okay? 199. You're a desk. I can do that. Sit at the desk. Sit at the desk. Look at Warren eating Big Macs and Diet Cokes. I like that. It it is a little perplexing, isn't it? Okay. But let's move, let's move away from the bicycle thing. You know, Cheryl's on me, the whole, you know, but old habits die hard. But the real problem this week for me, um, Harley Bassman said the short end is for children babies 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 i shouldn't have even brought that up i should have kept my mouth shut you know i should like i, I didn't mean to stir the pot now i you, you, you know i go ahead let's go well i i don't like if i thought there could be a uh rapprochement an apology if it were um, I, you know, I would be open to that, but, um, you know, I, I, I look at a little bit of his approach to his career and my approach to my career. And, um, I sent you that article about, um, uh, what, why don't you explain to the listeners the, the long and the short of that article. Because to me, this was a big deal. Uh, this was a, a, a New York Times article, okay? Um, and the byline is, let me read the headline, all right? So, no, excuse me, it's from the LA Times, all right? So this is the LA Times, April 30th, 1987. Does that sound about right? April, you know, so April 30th, 1987. Headline reads, Merrill Lynch has bombed- Whoa, 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 whoa. A- no, 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 no. Nope. I was talking about the Yogi Berra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that other one. Okay. All right. So the other article that you sent me was um, Spring Training, Florida, New York Yankees. All right. So we got the We're down at Spring Training for the Yankees. And you all know who Yogi Berra is. And most of you in our, in our audience probably know who Ron Guidry is. Ron Guidry, the, the famous pitcher. Yogi Berra, the famous catcher for the Yankees. So the article is that Guidry and Berra are friends. They hang out down in spring training. They're two old baseball guys. Berra's a legend, whatever, 10 World Series. Guidry's a, a probably... 25 or 30 years younger than him and Guidry's a legendary pitcher they make a friendship blah 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 They're, they hang out at spring training and and Barris sits in the dugout and talks to Gator and tells Gator hey I think Swisher's you know should move up in the box and he would hit better and Swisher walks by in the dugout and Yogi doesn't want to talk to him and so Gator says hey the old man wants to talk to you Yogi talks to him says move up in the box Swisher goes on a tear the point of the article is what you said. Well, you you tell the point of, of so, why you so, sent it over to me, you know? So here's here's uh, uh, an article that I saw when I was working at Greenwich Capital. And I was sitting next to EG. And it's a story of how <clears throat> Yogi Berra goes down to spring training 
and he he hangs out with uh, his friend Gidri, and and Yogi Yogi's there on his own volition. I mean, he's just he just likes hanging around. And, well, and Yogi's old, and Yogi's like eighty at this point. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Yogi's watching this kid Swisher, you know, hit ground ball and do an out, and and he said to to Gidri, tell ask the kid to move up into the box a little bit more, take the ball a little earlier. And uh, Gidri said to Yogi, I, you tell him. And, and Yogi's like, no, I'm, I, you know, I, I want to kind of stand the shadows. And the Swisher kid comes into the dugout and, and uh, he's kind of walking and Gidri says, Bear wants to talk to you. And so, the Swisher kid sits down and Yogi supposed to be one of the um, uh, great hitters of all time suggests maybe he alter his swing a little bit. And the, the young kid is grateful for the advice of the older man. And he goes on to have like a ginormous season hitting. Right. And I see this and I remember saying to EG, I said, you know, this is how I would like to end my career. Okay. I've earned my money and I want to be around the game or the markets. I want to be around with people I like to be around with. And I like to offer advice when solicited. And uh, I remember just being blown away by that thing. And I think I told EG about it three freaking times. And I'm like, this is how I want to end my, my career. Going to spring training and helping the kids quietly, you know? Yeah. And and look where we are today. You pointed out we're celebrating our three-year, close to three years of doing this, right? And we've gotten so many lovely, lovely notes from people. And it's been a tremendous experience for me to feel like I help people. The time I get to spend with you is invaluable. I've seen you in terms of understanding markets come uh, incredible. I mean, you're a legitimate professional at this point. I, I feel great about this. But now we have Harley Bassman coming in and saying, you know, the front end is for children. Yet, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the exact number but i think from where we decided we liked the two-year note it's rallied 60 70 basis points something like that um i was allowed by one of today's two executive producers leslie harris the other would be our web webmistress uh, rochelle Leibowitz gets an uh, uh, executive producer credit um there was an article which is posted on the website talking about how munis had the best month since paul volcker so i think between the two-year note call i mean we just by the way the the shipment of new t-shirts has arrived so we're back on the sunday you know uh time for the holidays yeah sunday yeah perfect send a mailing label i'm not taking international orders it's not the money. I just don't have the hours at the post office. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can't afford the mailing, fill out 
a form yeah. showing us your tax return, and then we'll send you one for free. Yeah, exactly. But but here we have uh, Harley Bassman, who I, I think we've said nothing but good things about, and and I think he's a very bright guy. But he he called my child ugly, and and so. <laughs> I think just as a little amused bouche of what we could do if we wanted to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I sent Liam an article. Uh, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of articles this week. There's a lot of articles. Yeah. Well, this article was with one of um, Harley's, I believe, colleagues, okay, at Merrill Lynch. Yep. Uh, his colleague's name was Howie Rubin. Mm -hmm. And Howie Rubin, a Harley Bassman co-worker, uh, went on to fame and fortune in a couple of uh, areas. One was he lost $250 million uh, at Merrill Lynch. Fascinating, trading fascinating article not just lost it but like did it surreptitiously and like oh yeah we can talk about that depending on how much time we have on then howie by the way not enough to lose 250 million dollars i believe showed up on page six with some aberrant sexual behavior oh, um, oh we don't brutal. need to delve into that this is a pg-13 audience but um you know if you felt like uh Googling Howie Rubin, that's H-O-W-I. <laughs> Type in Howard Rubin Solomon or there's, there's, You'll find it. Oh, you'll find it. Just so, avoid the page six. Just don't read the page six stuff. It is dark, dude. So this is the kind of people that... Uh, it's not uh, right. All right. Let's go. Come on. But, but I'm just saying, I know you know, I, I got more, but no. I'll stop there. Because I'm trying to keep this uh, as no, a kid's show. So uh, let's, because we're, we're already, I'm already getting the red light from the network. Um, let's do a quick market recap. And How can, uh, we, how can we not? AR, ARC had the greatest week, the greatest month, the greatest, uh, the some, greatest everything. <laughs> some poor listener. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, he sent me the, the, the nicest note. And he was saying, you know, Derek, Derek. So this was from Derek this week. <laughs> was this the one he said, like, yes, I'm up seven per six percent. Kathy's up 50 percent. What am I what doing you... wrong? Exactly. Exactly. Saw, so I got a chart of Kathy over the last like two years. Yeah. Yeah. No, she ain't up nothing that. All right. So this is the email from Eric, uh, from Derek. Crazy Kathy is up 54% year to date and I'm up 5% year to date. It must be me. <laughs> yeah. She was up 31% in November, notch notching its best month ever. Okay. But wait until you look at the, wait until you zoom out. Okay. And then you zoom out and it's not as pretty. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but Duke and Duke get, get the commissions. Thank you. Thank um, you. In, in any event, um, let's, let's, do a quick uh, look at the market because um, even though I think we've been right, uh, I feel pretty comfortable saying that um, it's at a, and in why, and also why I don't feel like talking about gold, gold mm -hmm. isn't interesting. Interest no. rates 
are interesting right now. So you've got the two-year note at a uh, a four fifty four. Call it. Let's just let's just call it four and a half. And we had a we had a a podcast. I think was titled "Are You Comfortably Nestled at Five Percent?" Very prescient, uh, as are most of the the, the headlines. Um, but I still look at the two-year note, and even though it's rallied a great deal, I think we're at a critical juncture in that. So either the economy is going to roll over dead, in which case these two-year notes are going to rally another 50, 75 basis points. Okay. Or it's going to uh, gain some momentum. And then these two-year notes are going to back up pretty good. Um, I still think it's an asymmetrical positive bet, meaning own rather than not own. But where I think the asymmetry is wrong is if the economy doesn't roll over and the rates don't continue to decline, these things they call risk assets, I, I think are going to be in for a, a long, long about uh, a pain. And that's why I think, you know, for someone that has had a really good run for any of those out there, um, I, I think we go back into a urging caution in, in, in getting some liquidity. Uh, maybe cry and wolf. I, I don't expect it. I personally, I, I happen to think that, uh, you know, the economy is slowing pretty good. Um, even on the inflation front, um, you're familiar with the restaurant business a bit. And um, we had our friends Turg and Rebecca uh, come out and spend uh, a week with us. And we went to this local restaurant that we like a lot uh, called the La Toretta. It's in Scottsdale. And uh, it's run by this nice fellow named Darius. And uh, Turgid is a professional restaurateur and we took them to the restaurant. And both he and Rebecca uh, were commenting on how large the portions were. And so, you know, uh, keenly aware of bits of information that come my way, it seemed odd to me if the food inflation is so bad, why th these restaurateurs would comment that the portions were so big. So uh, we had dinner at uh, uh, La Toretta last night. I had the veal parm, uh, which tasty. I highly recommend. Um, you like gluten free or what do you like? No breadcrumbs, you weirdo. No, I I can eat a certain amount of carbs, so, so I good good. I didn't eat the pasta. Okay, uh, it's okay. I knew. Uh, but now that I don't have to ride my bike, I I guess I gotta go. I gotta cut out the carbs, right? But um, anyway, I, I asked Darius about the food costs 
because I assumed that the food costs had come down, which was why the portions were getting bigger. And he, he said, oh, the food costs were, were, were pretty stable. Uh, not being the one that does the marketing in the house, I, I don't know what food prices have done. I mean, have you had any sense of? No, food prices are up. Well, you go to the grocery store, they're up and they don't come back down. That's that's it. But like and like wholesale for the restaurant, they spiked during COVID, they leveled off. Um so they stopped going up. Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. But you're still paying eight dollars for a dozen eggs. Okay. So yeah, I get that. I get that. And and not that it minimizes the pain, but when you see these inflation numbers, they they compare it to last month and the month prior. Month right, prior. right, right. So these inflation numbers especially with i think gasoline is kind of stabilized and totally um, so yep. i think inflation numbers are going to look okay uh the fly in the ointment for the bulls and this is the 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 front end bulls not the long end bulls i do really believe paul is of the mindset that he wants to go out being known as the guy that was able to keep inflation in check. I think the second that uh, that inflation starts going the wrong way, I think that language is going to change pretty quick. So that'll that'll hurt the bond market in general, but more specifically, it'll hurt the front end because they have, you know, a number. I, I won't put the number because I don't know, but they have many eases baked in that cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I heard like four or five next year, I thought, was they had... That, that does sound, well, 25 basis points in ease, yeah. 125. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess that's reasonable. Yeah, um, well, you got your buddy Bill Ackman saying they're going to start cutting in like March. Oh, he does two treasury trades, and now he thinks he should be president of the United States? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. my God. that has got things to say. <laughs> that's a, I mean... <laughs> I had to read that three times. Yeah. I mean, what do you, that's how it works in his mind. Like people are going to come ask me to be. I'm not going to ask them. They're going to come ask me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, yeah. That's you how know, I operate. That's how I operate when I go to parties. Like I'm like, they're going to come and introduce themselves to me now that I'm a podcast. Now that I'm somebody. Okay. I'm not going over and saying, Oh, hi, Mr. So-and-so nice to meet you. Have you heard? Yeah. You I'm waiting for him to come over and say, Oh, I, I are you Liam? I love the show. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I get yeah. those. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mentioned to you the, the, the new t-shirts are mm -hmm. in. So when you stop by the coffee uh, room, pick up a couple I was thinking of having some made up for like executives and talent, oh, wow. like you know, like uh, you right see, on. like the guys who announce the golf, they'll be wearing a sweater. It'll say CBS Sports or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if we can get that in the budget, but um, you know. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm pretty happy with how the Muni thing worked out. Um, you know, this is how duplicitous this these muni guys are okay i've warned you and warned you and warned you how dangerous that market is right okay so they plant this article saying how munis have had the best month since paul volcker 
Yeah, I know. And they do that to create FOMO, to suck in the widows and orphans who think they've missed something. It works. It works very well. It, it really it really does. So again, tread lightly. And, uh, you know, those munis, very, very risky. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I know we're almost done, but, you know, uh, we could really spend some time next week if we don't get an apology from Harley talking about the safety and integrity in the mortgage bond market. of mortgages strip them into what I believe were called IOs and POs. Um, to those of you um, not familiar with the jargon, um, IO and PO are products when you take a regular mortgage security and you cut it up into the interest-only payments of a mortgage and the principal only payments. And I, be, I believe Herr Rubin got into a little trouble, one, mismanaging that position, and then mismanaging it again by, I believe, putting it in the drawer. And, um, you know, that, if you don't know what that means, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, could be an interesting um, podcast next week. So, Stay tuned. <laughs> National debt concern you? It, it does, but I'm a bit inured to it because since I came into the business, to give you an example, if I can find it, the cover of Business Week when I started was trouble in the government bond market when the long bond might've yielded 14%. And every year since then, for 30 years, all I've heard about is how the national debt is gonna be a problem. But back then it it was like $2 billion. (laughs) Now it's like- I, I remember auctions being $2 billion and we were having scratched our heads how they were going to get done, right? Just the order of magnitude. Yeah. Um, does it concern me? Yeah. Um, what concerns me isn't the number. Okay? okay. What concerns me is the political will. Meaning if the government decided we need to get this shit in order there's a whole bunch of things we could do and they're going to be painful but you know you have an economy that is just this perpetual motion machine but so much of the money gets spun out to non-productive situations but everyone's got their pet project everyone thinks that you know, un- unlimited, whatever. Pick, pick your, pick your favorite bug, whatever. It is, yeah. Right. But uh, you know, and again, I'm not seeking the post. But if asked to run the country, um, 
No, but I, I, I go back to the fact that it's, it's political will, right? And, you know, you can ration stuff. You can change the tax structure. You can change Social Security. You know, Social Security, I think when it got started, people's life expectancy was 65. 72 okay. now, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, the way we're going, it's heading back there, but... Um, yeah. You know those calculations are wrong, and yeah. there's a whole host of things that we we can do. But again, you know, if your sender, you know, gets a lot of work for your state, and your your state produces military goods, you know, you're going to reelect him, right? Mm -hmm. But to the detriment of other people. But, so I, I guess eventually it's going to be a problem. And that day is getting closer, but is that know, way on Powell's decisions? Does he have to think about that? No, that, no, he doesn't care about the national. That's totally different. He doesn't care. He can he can hike rates and hike rates, and it doesn't matter what the interest payment is. Within reason, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty straightforward. He's looking at inflation and employment. Okay. He would, I bet, if asked, he would say the national debt is the Treasury and Congress. That's Janet's job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. Well, 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 let me ask you one more question. You still a Nikki Haley supporter? To be honest with you, um, I've been wrapped up in the the Middle East mm -hmm. conflict mission, mm -hmm. and I haven't really focused on. Um, I know. I just know. Um, I just remember you. I remember you liked her. This is going back a year. Or so. This is you. However long ago you well, said so. So it's it's the reason I liked her, and I haven't reevaluated that recently. Okay, is because. Women were or are notoriously underrepresented in the senior levels yep. of government. And she's a governor, right? And yep. I, I'm just going to casually say she was well-regarded. Yep. Okay. I have no evidence to that. That's just my instinct. She was it the ambassador to the United Nations. I believe so. Okay. okay. That's an impressive job. Yep. Uh, again, I have no uh, facts to back this up, but I think generally well regarded. Yep. And then, you know, so you've got um, a couple of examples of her serving her country. Yep. Right. Then there's Bill Ackman, who thinks he could be president. So, yeah, I'm going to pick her over him. Uh, no, but I, I focused on her like Condoleezza Rice and uh, a few of these other women because there just weren't that many at the national level that I I, I knew about. Yep. And uh, clearly, you know, when you see the uh, Ocasio-Cortez yep. and the squad, mm -hmm. they're not forwarding, like Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein, right. they're not forwarding uh, yep. women in government. Uh, 
so I, I don't know. We, we need more women. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I'll reevaluate that between now and the election. Um, I only ask because she got, I, I, I found it interesting that Ken Griffin came out and endorsed her this week. That was kind of an interesting uh, development. Yeah. It, seemed, it just struck me. I just noted the two names. I said, you know, Ken Griffin is, is seriously considering putting his money behind Nikki Haley, which I remember when, when you first brought it up, I kind of like snickered at the idea that she could even come close to winning the nomination. But now that we're a year out, is it, is it, is that, chance becoming greater that she could win the Republican nomination, especially if she gets can you know Griffin's money behind her because she's sharp and the other candidates are you know you're talking about this I don't even know who the other there's the bingo exactly exactly yeah I, mean, yeah I just thought that was interesting that she you know so again over a long enough time horizon everyone agrees with inside baseball and here we are two years later that good old Kenny came around and said you know Morris was right about Nikki and I'm I might put my dollars behind her so I just I found, found that interesting oh well, you know we'll we'll see I I unlike um our unequivocal standing with Israel I don't think we're ready to back a presidential candidate you know, we take these things very seriously because we know that this podcast um, reverberates. Lena, Lena, make sure you clean that up and post, okay? Um, our opinions reverberate. This might be a good time to stop. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of Lena, we haven't been invited on the market huddle. Okay, is that a sign? Have we are we being snubbed by the market huddle for their holiday appearance? Is that tradition coming to a close? I, I don't know. I we haven't discussed it, but since you brought it up, our new policy of of uh, um, you know not paying for uh, subscription <laughs> information. Uh, I I don't know. I don't think we could appear on the market huddle anymore. You know, there Kevin was and Lena and um Patrick. Patrick uh were very gracious and very kind to help us grow from this tiny seed into the media empire we have become. Uh so I, I always have a warm spot in my heart for them, but you know, me and Liam, especially being in such an A-type person, you know, they're they're competition, and we're very much uh, about the little guy, and it's not about the money. Oh, by the way, speaking of the little guy, that movie, Dumb Money. Yeah, I I, I watched it, and it's fucking great. Oh, nice. Okay, good. It's, good, it's, good, good. it's fucking great, good. and uh, I uh, I really I really enjoyed it. But the point was, in the 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 you would like it because the guy likes cats. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. So he was really in some speech before Congress. He was just saying the the little guy just doesn't get treated right, and and he's absolutely right. The yeah. the little guy, the the average investor get shit on left and right and you know, you know uh, I love, that's why i love when they blame retail traders whenever whenever bloomberg says anything like oh retail is diving is hoarding and i'm like shut up <laughs> so here's here's my favorite thing and maybe this would be a good closing point you have every one of these ivory tower guys 
barking about gold. Yeah. Okay. The same people will tell you the most money is made having a contrary opinion. You agree with that? Oh, oh absolutely. Okay. So reconcile that view right. with Costco selling out of bits of gold. Like, wait a minute. You have the retail trader who you guys think are dumb buying gold. Well, okay. I guess you can have it both ways because you don't, you get paid. Your, your subscription renews and you get your money. Yep. You know, just being the little kid from Chicago where your goal was to grow up and have your own capital on the line. Yeah. And and I, I got seduced by the, you know, the uh, very sophisticated newsletters and I, i'll admit i make more mistakes than anyone but as i have seen the light you know yep um if you're that smart okay why do you need to sell a newsletter if you're that smart keep why your secrets you... and trade it keep your secrets and trade fucking it right absolutely i'm gonna set up an etf because i got this voodoo right so Going back a couple of things, when I worked at that French grain company, where I, I I really felt like an outsider, but one one kind gentleman took me under his wing, and but one of the things he mercilessly beat into me was, don't ever tell anybody anything. And you know what? He's right. If you have a good idea, okay why do you need to tell anyone? The market will figure it out. It, it, this is why the thing, I, I I lose respect for certain hedge fund managers. They'll go buy up a bunch of shit and then they'll put it on Twitter. Oh, I like this, I like that. You know what? If you're that fucking good, okay, the market will figure it out and you will make your money and you won't have a bunch of guys reverse engineering how you came to that decision so you're if you have any skill okay keep it to yourself totally. so anyway that's all i got as i gave spend, you 110 percent as we spend our 300th hour sharing our knowledge <laughs> see, see so, so i want a bunch of thank you emails all right from the audience to say thank you for getting him to talk okay we've sat here for three years an hour every week and i get the secrets out of the old chestnut okay okay yeah so step up into the batter's box take that curveball a little bit sooner and your your batting average is going to go up by 100 points there you go i've 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 hit my lifetime objective so it's great seeing you buddy all right pal i'll be in florida next weekend but i'm gonna bring the i'll bring the uh the studio and we'll we'll do a, a live from the sunshine state next I, I didn't see that on the vacation schedule up in the uh, coffee room i was ordered out okay I, I was i had a later departure okay i was ordered out <laughs> goodbye my friend take care bye uh